Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And if you came tonight, you came on a special night because we are starting a brand new Wednesday night series tonight that we're excited about. And uh, turn to your neighbor, say the title for this Wednesday night series, say Mountain Climbers. Mountain Climbers. That is the title of this sermon series that we're going for every many Wednesdays that uh, this will last. Uh, it's not written in stone, so uh, be sure you don't miss. Be sure you be here for this series because it's going to be awesome. But uh, this, the, the uh, title is Mountain Climbers. That's what we're calling this series. And, and this is the thought behind it. And this is what I want you all to catch. Uh, because if, uh, as you know, in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus himself tells us that we have the ability to move mountains. Right? He says that we can be mountain movers, but uh, sometimes we can get too caught in, up in that, that in reality, most of the time, our purpose is not to just make that mountain disappear, but to make that mountain into something that, we, that God uses for us to get up that mountain, to be mountain climbers. Because this is what happens, uh, that we get so caught up in the mountain uh, being moved that we will be praying to God, God, move this mountain. God, just make it disappear. God, just move it out my, of my way. We're just praying, praying, and God's looking at us. And we're waiting for God to move the mountain. God's waiting for us to climb up the mountain. God's make, waiting for us to, to step out by faith because I really think that it takes more faith to climb a mountain than it does to move a mountain. Because sometimes it's easy for obstacles just to disappear. It's easy when, when the, uh, the barriers in our way just magically go away. But it takes faith when that mountain doesn't move. And you put on some hiking boots and say, you know what, if it doesn't move, I'm going to climb up this mountain. Because there's, when we say like, why, why? Because some mountains weren't meant to be avoided, but they were meant for us to ascend them. Because there's going to be a message on that mountain. There's going to be a lesson on that mountain. There's going to be ways that we're going to find out a different perspective when we get to the top of the mountain. So there's a lot of different things that is to the benefit of us. For us to trust God and not just to wait till the mountain moves, but become mountain climbers. Because sometimes to not be avoided, we can't just wait around for them to, to, to go away. And uh, what, what happens is that we, we want God to, to cancel something that God wants us to climb up. You know what I'm saying? We want God to get rid of something that God wants us to have the faith to overcome. Let me, let me give you an example. Sometimes we'll go up and we'll be like, God, cancel this debt, God. Make it disappear, Father. Just make it like this. I just want to look and it's going to be gone, God. That's what I'm praying. And God's looking down at us. He's like, okay, well, it's time for you to stop eating out every day. You know, it, it's time for you to not stop buying that new iPhone every year. All right? It, it's time. Like, like, do you really need 17 different subscription services, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're waiting for God to just make it disappear, to make it get canceled, but God's looking at us, and he's saying, hey, have the faith to climb, because it has to take some action to get up this mountain, and so during this series, what we're going to be doing is, is taking a look at different Bible characters and, uh, and taking a look at their journeys up mountains, and we're going to study them, and, and we're going to take away some lessons uh, from their ascension up the mountain and take a look at it. And uh, because what God is really trying to tell us is that, you know, the mountains in front of us, sometimes they're not meant to just vanish. God wants us to vanquish it. God wants us to find victory in it. God wants us to have this type of trust that it doesn't even phase us when what we pray for to be removed, if it's still there, it doesn't make our faith go down, but it inspires us to follow after him even more. And if we take a look at these different Bible characters, that is what they do. And um, that's what we're going to do throughout this series of mountain climbers. So we're going to take a look at different mountains throughout the Bible that were, that were trekked up by different Bible characters. And the first mountain we're going to take a look at is Mount Moriah. Turn to your neighbor and say Mount Moriah. And our climbing partners are going to be Abraham and Isaac. And uh, we find this story in Genesis chapter 22. That's what we're going to be looking at. Uh, but I'm going to give you all the title for tonight's message right off the bat. Turn to your neighbor and say, get a grip. Get a grip. Tonight the goal is for us to get a grip of the mountain we've been trying to escape and start climbing up it. Uh, that's the goal for tonight. But uh, let's pray over this service together. Um, Father, we thank you that you have anointed this night. 
Father, we thank you that you brought us together for a reason, that we're not here by accident, but we're here by assignment, God. We thank you, Father, for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place, that people are going to walk in feeling some way, but walk out feeling free. Walk out filled with your spirit, God, that in this place tonight, Father, your will is going to take place, and we believe it with expectant faith. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. So we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 22. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, I'm going to give you some context before we get into it. Uh, so this is in this place of Abraham's life. This is after um, Isaac, the promised son, has been born. Uh, this is uh, after all that, and he's been in some years of prosperity. He has experienced peace. Like Life is going really well for Abraham. And um, this is where we pick up in 22 verse 1. And how we're going to do tonight, we're going to do tonight a little bit different. Uh, we're going to treat it like we're climbing up a mountain. So every verse, we're going to go verse by verse, step by step, starting with verse 1. And then we're going to make up our way up this mountain. Uh, so y'all ready for tonight? Y'all ready? Okay, so this is what the, it says in verse 1 as we look together. In verse 1, it says, sometime later, God tested. Everybody say tested. Abraham's faith. He tested Abraham's faith. That comes to question my wife, why does God need to test anything, right? I mean, doesn't he have all the answers? Like when I read that, I was like, okay, God's taking a test, and he has the answer key. So what's the point of God taking this test if he knows all things, if he knows the beginning from the end? What's the point of God testing Abraham? But now I realized that test wasn't for God, right? That, that, that test wasn't for God. The test was for Abraham. Uh, sometimes when a test comes into our life, don't think that it, the test is for God. The test is for us. Because for us to realize the, the power of our faith, for us to realize the capability that God has, we first have to test the limits of it. For us to know how, fa how far our faith can go, we first have to test it. And this is what he was doing. Because sometimes you don't know the power until you test it. And so this was not a, a test uh, for, for God, the, a test to see if God was able. This was a test for Abraham to see if he was aware if God was able. I mean, who can think of some, of some situations in your past that made you aware of the power of God? There's some times in our past that made us aware of what God can do. And you're saying, if it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't even know what God was capable of. This was the type of test Abraham was going to. See, God tests us not so that it will reveal harshness or that it will reveal that he is uncertain about us. He gives us tests so it can reveal his goodness and his majesty to us. Because we don't know what we have until we test it, right? We don't know the strength of our God until we get in some situations that we need to see the power show up in our life. Uh, you, you can't find God's peace in your life truly until you experience some trouble. Is anybody catching me tonight? Sometimes we have to go through something to realize what we really have on the inside of us. And so this is what... God is doing with Abraham. It, it, it's, it's not a test of himself. It's a test for Abraham to see who God is and what kind of God he serves and to reveal things to him. And that's what's so powerful about test. And as we continue in scripture, as we continue on, he says, Abraham, God called. And I, I like how Abraham responded. He said, yes, he replied, here I am. Here I am. Like, that's pretty obvious Abraham, right? Like, of course God knows you're there. You know, this is God we're talking about. He's everywhere at all times, at all, like, he's everywhere. So, he, of course, he knows that's where you are. But I don't think Abraham was referring to a physical location. I think he was referring to a spiritual one. Because who knows that a lot of times we hear from God, but we're not here for him. A lot of times we hear what he's saying, right, but it, the hard part isn't hearing. The hard part is listening. Everybody can hear what he's saying. The hard part is listening. We can, a lot of times we hear what God is telling us to do in the direction he wants us to go. But who knows? That doesn't mean we listen to it. This because we hear from God doesn't mean that we're actually here for God. 
And so what Abraham was, I believe what he was saying when he said, here I am, God, is saying, God, I hear you, but also I want you to know that I'm here for you. I, I'm going to listen. I'm going to obey. I'm going to make sure that the direction you're coming and what you're telling me isn't going to fall on deaf ears. Because I believe there's a lot of mountains that God has told us to climb up, and we've heard him say that, but we've been avoiding it. And we hear what he's saying. We know what he's trying to tell us, but, but we, we, we spiritually, we don't hear him. But I think that's why Abraham responded with that, because he's, but Abraham said, hey, God, I hear you. I'm here for you. I am here. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am here. I am here. I, I am here. I'm not just, I'm, I'm listening. I'm here for you. I'm ready to, Abraham was saying, I'm ready to listen to you, God. Whatever you say. Before, before God even asked the question, he was already, already, already saying yes. He was already saying, I'm here for you, God. Let's move on to verse 2. I'm telling you guys, we're going to climb this mountain, okay? We're on verse 2 now. We're climbing up this mountain. He said, take your son. Your only son. Yes, Isaac. There's so, there's so much weird verbiage in this, in this passage. I mean, God is referred to the same person three times. You know, he's like, take your son. Yeah, yeah, your only son. Yeah, yeah, Isaac. You know, like, there's so much weird verbiage for like Abraham would know off the bat. He said, take, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, this was a very confusing request by God. This was very confusing to Abraham. Because first of all, Abraham, as we know, has been promised by God that his descendants would number the stars in the sky at night and that they would number the sand on the seashore. So when God told him that to, to sacrifice his son Isaac, who was going to carry on his lineage, who was going to be the, the promised son, when God told him that, it was very confusing. It, it, it didn't make sense. And then secondly, God has made it very clear to Abraham that human sacrifice was a big no-no. Read the scripture. God told him, like, I'm not, I'm not like the pagan gods. I'm not like the Canaanite gods. Because right now Abraham is a foreigner in Canaan. And all of the Canaanites serve these pagan gods. And human sacrifice was a normal Tuesday. Okay? Like, that wasn't a big deal to them. Like, that wasn't something that was they're used to. It was common. But God specifically told Abraham that he wasn't that kind of God. And that human sacrifice wasn't something that he did. So when God asked that of Abraham, it was very confusing. It, it didn't make sense. It didn't line up with what he said before. It didn't line up with his promises. It didn't line up with who God said he was. And that tells me something. That tells me that sometimes when God calls us, sometimes it's going to be confusing. Sometimes that if, when God tells us to do something, a lot of times we're not going to fully understand it. But that's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Is my trust in God dependent on my understanding? Is my trust in God dependent on me knowing about everything that's going to go on? Is my trust in God dependent on, on me being on the same wavelength as God and fully understanding his plan? Is, is that what my trust is dependent on? Because if your trust is dependent on knowing everything that God knows at all times and, and seeing his perspective and seeing everything that he sees and knowing everything he knows, I'm going to tell you something, you're never going to be able to trust him. Because it says that his ways are above our ways. It says that his plans are above our plans. So if we wait until we fully understand to trust him, we're never even going to make it to the mountain. We're never going to make it halfway to the mountain because we're going to be standing still looking at God and say, Father, before I can trust you, i got to make sure that I know how this is going to end and how that's going to end. i got to make sure i, I got to know if I follow you over there, then that, that's going to work out and the school's going to work out, the bill's going to work out, numbers. Let me first make sure and let me understand all the big picture, and then I'll trust you, God. And then if we have that kind of trust, we will never be able to walk where God wants us to go. Will never be accomplished what God wants us to accomplish. Because God is trying to tell us is that trust in me, even if it goes beyond your understanding. And that's what he was telling Abraham in that moment. He was telling some confusing things, and he's trying to see if Abraham was going to trust him. Because that was really confusing. That go went against everything, everything that Abraham knew about God. But yet, Abraham, even though he was confused, he still responded with trust. 
That's what I want us to have tonight. It's like, God, it's like there's going to be times in our life, there's going to be moments in our life where things are going to look uncertain, when you're not going to know how it's going to end, where everything's going to be out of place, but you have to respond with trust. Too many times we, we respond with fear. We respond with, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, so I'm going to wait here quietly, see how everything's going to work, and then I'll trust you, God. And then we miss on our moments. Our purpose passes us by as we're sitting on the sidelines waiting to figure everything out. God wants us to trust even when we don't understand. Turn to the neighbor and say, trust even when you don't have it figured out. We go to verse 3. It says, the next morning, Abraham got up early. Man, I think I can preach a whole series on getting up early. I think I can preach a whole series on not pressing the snooze button. Because that might be the greatest miracle that we could have in our lives sometimes. But what that shows me that Abraham got up early is that Abraham was eager to do something, to obey God, even when he didn't understand. Abraham was eager to obey God. He was eager to obey God's will, even when he didn't have everything figured out, even when the request from God was really weird and was really going against everything that, that he really knew, he was still eager to do it. I want us to have that kind of obedience to God and say, God, I'm eager to do your will, even if I don't even understand your will. I'm going to get up early, spiritually, and hopefully physically. I'm going to do your will. I want to be eager about your will. I, I, I don't want us to be the kind of church that has to be bribed to be obedient. You know what I'm saying? That, that kind of person, that, that child who has to be bribed uh, by his parents to eat his vegetables. Right there at the end of the table, is like, okay, I don't know what to do. Hey, look, you want your dessert? You can't have this cookie until you eat, you know, the spinach. And that kid's like, oh, okay, you know. And he, like, he has to be bribed to be obedient. Let us not be that kind of Christian. Because let me tell you something. God's not going to bribe you with his blessings. He's not going to do it. God's not going to put a carrot at the end of a stick and say, hey, look, if you follow after me, this is yours. See this, this is yours. If you follow me, he's not going to do that. See, he doesn't want us to respond to him with that kind of, of faith where we have strings attached. Where we're saying, God, I'm following you just because I want this. And just because I want that. And just because I'm going to be obedient to you, God, because I can see that you're going to give me this. And you're going to give me this kind of blessing. God doesn't want to bribe us with his blessings. He's not going to do it. We have to be eager to be obedient to his will like Abraham was. To be obedient with his, to his will. So we say, God, I, I, I don't even have to know what everything's going on. I'm eager just to do your will. Is anybody else who's eager to do God's will? Who's eager to be in God's plans? He was eager to be obedient to the will of God. And that's the first point for tonight. It's that obedience. When we have that obedience to God, obedience is what gets us to the mountain. Obedience is what gets us to the mountain. Because let me tell you the first step of mountain climbing. The first step to be a mountain climber is that you have to climb up the right mountain. <laughs> you have to make sure that you're climbing out the, up the mountain that God wants you to climb. Let me explain. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in the wrong things that we don't find ourselves climbing up the right mountain. We get so caught up in trying to control people, fix people, trying to control things outside of what we can even do that we're climbing up all the wrong mountains taking up all the wrong time, and, and then we find ourselves discouraged because all we're doing is we're working, trying to fix things that we're not even meant to fix, and we're focusing on others, and we're overlooking ourselves, and, we don't even, and we're not even climbing up the right mountain. And we're doing all this work to do the wrong things. But when we are obedient to God, that is what's going to lead us to the right mountain. When we're obedient to God's will, that's when it's going to lead us to, to do the task that he wants us to do, to do the work that he wants us to work. And then when we're obedient to God's will, that is when the anointing hits of what we're doing. And now what used to, right, shake us up, now we can stand firm. Now we can make sure, God, I, with this obedience, with the will I'm in, now I can climb up this mountain. Now I won't get discouraged. Now that I know that I'm being obedient to your will. I mean, who wants to make sure that they're at least climbing up the right mountain, right? I would hate to be the person who spends all my time and I get to the top and I realize I don't even want to be here. See, a lot of us, we spend our lives climbing up mountains, get to the top, and realize it's not all what I thought it was going to be. We spend our time climbing up the, the mountain of fame. Come on, somebody. The, 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 the mountain of people's opinions, different things, and we get to the top and we think it's going to be fulfillment, and then we're going to realize that we just wasted all of our time. Let's not be the people climbing up the wrong mountains obedience to God 
is what leads us, what gets us to the right mountains. As we continue climbing up this mountain, continue with the verse. He said, he saddled his donkey, as we continue, and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. So Abraham, and again, it's about the obedience right now. Abraham has two servants, yet he's over here chopping the wood. If I had two servants, like you chop the wood and then you rub my feet, okay? And that's how this is going to work. He had two servants, but yet he chopped the wood. He did the work. That shows me that if you're going to be obedient, you actually have to do something. You actually have to work. God's will doesn't come easy. God's will doesn't happen by you sitting around and it falling on you. God's will takes work. Sometimes we overlook the fact that sometimes we do have to, obedience does require us to work. Obedience does require us to, to step outside of our comfort zone and make sure that we're the, get a little bit skin of the game and we have to work. Abraham knew that obedience requires action. It takes work to be in God's will. In verse 4, on the third day of their journey, it says, on the third day Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Abraham has, has been spending the last three days right, just thinking about what God asked, thinking about that crazy request that he had to, of, of sacrifice. He spent three days thinking about that. And continuing in verse 5, but, and, he said, and, he, and he looked to his servant and said, Stay here with a donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Then we will come right back. Does Abraham know the ending of the story already? Because, like, how does he know him and Isaac are going to come right back? Like, has he seen this movie? Because, like, he's telling his servants, you know, hey, you just wait here. Um, you know, me and my boy, we're, you know, we're going to go up and then we're going to come right back. But that's, that's not what God told him. God didn't tell him to go up to that mountain to worship and come back with his son. God told him to go up to that mountain and, and to sacrifice his son. So how does, how does Abraham, right, how, how does he know, how does he even believe that he's going to come back with Isaac? Because this is why I think Abraham trusted that God was who he said he was. Even though he didn't really understand where he was, where God was taking him, he still trusted that, he was, that God was who he said he was. Because let me explain, in Genesis chapter 21, verse 12, God promises Abraham something. God confirms something to Abraham. In 21 verse 12, uh, it, it says, whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. But this one says, for in Isaac, somebody say Isaac, your seed shall be called. So what God was telling Abraham in that scripture that is a chapter before this story, probably about, you know, 10 or whatever, how many years, whatever for the story, what he told him is that Isaac is going to be the one that's going to carry on your lineage. He told him that. And now that the, he's experiencing different things, he, Abraham still trusted God's word. He still trusted that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. He still trusted that he, that even, he still trusted, because you know, if he didn't trust God, he wouldn't be nowhere near that mountain. If he didn't trust God, he said, I ain't going up this mountain because that's my son that you're asking me to, to sacrifice. That's my no, but he trusted that God was who he said he was, and that enabled him to go up the mountain. Because he trusted God. He trusted who he said he was. He said, he said I don't know how it's coming, but I trust God. See, the, the first point is obedience gets us to the mountain. The second point is that trust gets us up the mountain. See, Abraham trusted God. He trusted God's word. He trusted that God would not go back against himself, that he would not go back against his own word. He trusted that, he trusted that even if he doesn't know how it's going to happen, he trusted that Isaac, who God told him would carry on his descendant, he trusted Isaac was coming back down that mountain with him. He didn't know how it was going to happen. If it meant that God was going to provide something, if it meant God was going to somehow resurrect, how it was going to happen, he didn't know, but he knew that, that God wasn't going to go against himself. He knew that God wasn't going to lie. He, 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 was trusted, he, he trusted God even when trusting in God looked look tough, right? Even, he, he still had his trust in God even when things got tough. And that's the kind of trust we have to have. Because if we just trust God whenever the trials, right, whenever we're trial-free, right, that's not real trust, right? That's just convenience. <laughs> we're not really trusting God. It's just convenient to trust God at the moment. But when we trust God, when it gets tough, 
when the trials come, when things don't make sense, come on somebody, when things are stacked up against us and we say, you know what, God, I'm trusting that you are who you say you are even when I don't understand what's going on. When we have that kind of trust, God can reward that. God will bless that. Because he's seeing that your trust doesn't have strings attached, that your that you're, you're trusting isn't for any other reason other than that you believe that God is who he says he is. And that trust in God is what enabled Abraham to climb up the mountain. Imagine Abraham right now. Imagine what he's thinking. He, he's, he's in his mind, he's thinking, man, I'm climbing, why am I climbing up this mountain right now if I know that this means the death of my son? But he trusted God. He trusted that he was going to come back with his son, even though he, he just trusted God. You got to see he trusted and he climbed up that mountain. See, trust is what got him up that mountain. If you don't trust God, you can't get up that mountain. If you don't trust that God is who he says he is, you can't get up that mountain. But once you have that trust in God, you'll be able to have that grip, right? Get a grip, right? You'll be able to have that grip on that mountain to go up because you trust God. So continue in verse 6. It says, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, and he carried the fire and the knife. See, Isaac, Isaac carried the, the wood on his shoulders up the mountain to, to the sacrifice. And, and, and what I, is so transparent to me about the Bible is that everywhere you look, you'll find Jesus. <laughs> Everywhere you look, you'll find Jesus because there was somebody else who carried wood on his back up a mountain to, to do a sacrifice. But here's the thing. He was the perfect sacrifice, and he was the final sacrifice. And not only that, his sacrifice is what enabled us salvation. So who's thankful that Jesus went up a mountain for us and that he carried wood on his back like Isaac did? And so Isaac, he, he's carrying this wood up his shoulders, up on his way to sacrifice. And, and it says, as the two of them walk together side by side, Isaac is, doesn't really know what's going on. Abraham knows what's going on. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. Abraham was probably like, oh, gosh, I know the question's coming. So I'm like, he's going to start, you know, he's going to start you know, connecting the dots here. And, he sa- and, and Abraham replied, we have, uh, this is the boy, Isaac Thomas said, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Like, I, I can see Isaac right now walking up, like, doing the math in his head. He's just like, okay, I got the wood, you know, you got the knife, you got the fire. Where's the sacrifice? You know, we're forgetting, like, usually we have a lamb, and, you know, and judging by, by dad, you having a knife, I'm starting to get a little worried here, Okay. Because, you know, one of us, I, like, where's the lamb? He's starting to get aware of what's going on. And, again, that reminds me of Jesus. At the Garden of Gethsemane, he began, and Jesus, see, Jesus was aware of everything that was about to happen. Jesus was aware of what the cost was going to be. He was aware of the sacrifice, and yet he still said, not my will, but your will be done, God. See, Jesus, Jesus was aware that the whippings was coming. Jesus was aware that the beating was coming. Jesus was aware about the, the nails that was going to go in his body. He was aware of it all, but he still chose the cross. And moreover, like Pastor Kim, he chose you. He chose us. Right? He, he still chose. Who's thankful that Jesus chose us, even though he was aware of everything that, that would inquire, even though he's aware of the pain, he was aware of the sacrifice, he was aware of it all, but he still said, you know, no, I choose them. I love them too much. I know this. I, I choose them. Jesus chose us. Even in spite of the pain that would cost him, the sacrifice, the tears, he still said, I choose you. And verse 8. Is Abraham's response. He said, God, he said, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. See, Abraham, he wasn't being sarcastic, right? He wasn't like, you know, but Abraham truly believed that, he truly believed that anything with God was possible. He truly believed that. He wasn't just being sarcastic. He wasn't just, you know, trying to, hey, this, hey, I'll just tell my answer he wants to hear. Yeah, somehow magically, you know, something's going to appear. Like, he, he truly believed that anything was possible with God. And the only thing that he knew was impossible was that God can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. He knew that was the only impossible thing. So he truly believed that in, in, he truly believed that anything was possible. So if God told him and God can't lie, then he knew that somehow, some way, some form and fashion, God was going to provide. And he knew that. And he told his son, he said, look, I know what's going on. I don't really know what's going on. But either way, I'm telling you right now, I trust God and we're going up this mountain. 
You know what, I don't know, but we're going up this mountain, and God will provide because he said, hey, look, I believe God can do anything, and that God is a man of his word. God will never forsake us. In verse 9, it says, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Okay. Let, let's clear the air real quick, okay? Abraham at this moment, at this time, he's over 100 years old. And the Logians agree that Isaac at this time is, is between the age of his late 20s and early 30s, okay? So right now, Abraham is wearing adult diapers, and Isaac is in his prime. So if Isaac wanted to get out of that situation, he would have. If Isaac wanted to escape that mountain, he would have. Isaac had the power, the strength to overcome his dad and say, hey, look, you're not tying me up. If Isaac wanted to avoid the sacrifice, he would have. But he didn't. So why, why did, why, 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 Isaac, you, you had every opportunity. You were stronger than he was. You were faster than he was. Like, all, literally all he would have taken was like, and like, there goes Abraham. Like, that's all it would have taken. But even though, the, even though he knew and he was getting tired, he still, he didn't do it because he trusted his father. He trusted his father. He trusted that his father had the best intentions in store for him, even though he didn't understand it. Even though he was getting tied up, even though he, even though everything looked, he, he still, even though he didn't, he still trusted his father. That's the kind of trust that we have to have. That's the kind of trust that God, I still trust you. I don't really know what's going on. You know, things are piling up. Uh, things aren't looking good. The, you know, the, I don't know, but God, I trust you. I, I still trust. I still trust that you have the best intentions for me. Let me tell you something. God has the best intentions for you. God knows what's best for you. God knows exactly what you need in this moment. All we have to do is trust him. Say, God, you have the best intentions for me. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to try to avoid your will. I'm going to trust you, God, because I believe you have the best intentions for me. Even though he didn't understand, even though he didn't know what was going on, he still trusted his father. That's the kind of trust we have to have. In verse 10, see, we're climbing up this mountain. We're almost there. We're almost at the summit, guys. A few verses left. It says, and Abraham, now this is when it gets dramatic. This is when it gets, you know, uh, it gets, you know, rated R, whatever you want to call it, PG-13. This is when it gets dramatic in the story. It says, and Abraham, he picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At this moment, right, you're going to see, at this moment, this was Abraham's last chance to, to back out of, of being obedient to God. This was Abraham's last chance to say, you know what, I can't do this, you know what, abandon ship, you know what, I'm not going to be here, you know what, this was Abraham's last chance to do that. And, and, if, and if he would have said, you know what, I can't do this and walked away, God would never have seen his trust for him. Yeah, that was his last chance, it was like his last one, really, but he, he stuck it through. I wonder how many times have we abandoned God's will just at the last moment. Right before God's promise was going to come into fruition, it got too hard. A lot of times, let me tell you something, when the pressure is at its highest, that's when, that's when you're about to be launched into where God wants to take you. But how many times ha have we abandoned God's will in our life just at the last moment that God was going to have the great reveal? That God's going to show you how good he was, show you how great he was. But I got too, it got too much. It got, and so we abandon God's will. We have to have that type of faith, that type of trust. It's in God, I'm sticking with you. I'm staying with you. Even when things get at this most pressure, I'm going to believe that this is the moment you're going to take me to heights I've never seen before. That is what Abraham was doing. Now, verse 11, it says, And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from, he from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. You remember when Abraham said that in verse 1? A long time ago at the bottom of the mountain. At the bottom of the mountain before he ever went up the mountain, before he knew what going up the mountain meant, before he even said yes and understood everything. God, he still said, he said, here I am. What he was telling God again in that moment, because God, we, we already talked about it, God knows where he is. You know, he knows that. He said, he said God, I'm still here for you. Things are crazy right now. You're telling me to, to stop. I know, but God, guess what? I'm still listening. I'm still here for you. I'm still wanting to make sure I'm in your will and that I'm doing everything. Well, I'm still here for you, God. We got to have that. He said, I'm still here for you at the beginning, at the end, God, wherever you want, I'm here for you. And that's what Abraham said. I'm never going to stop listening to you. Things got confusing. Things got weird, God, but I'm still listening. I'm still here. 
I don't know what's going on, but I'm still here for you. Come on, somebody say, I'm still here for you, God. I know things are look, but I'm still here for you. I know, that I know I'm the top of this mountain, every dog be, but God, I'm still here for you. And verse 12, it says, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. God saw that, and God said, I see your faith. I see your willingness. I see that you had faith even up to the last moment. Because let me tell you something, our faith will never return vain. When you choose to have faith in God, that faith will never return void. You always will see the fruit of your faith. I mean, who's thankful we're going to see the fruit of our faith one day? Even on this earth or the next, we're going to see the fruit of our faith. We're going to see the fruit of our labor. And it's all going to be because we're gonna cho- we chose to have faith even when things got difficult. We choose to have faith with God even when things, even when fear tried to come over us. Abraham was saying, he said, and God was saw, he saw his faith. God sees our faith. Point one was obedience gets us to the mountain. Point two was trust gets us up the mountain. Now point three is that faith gets us over the mountain. Faith gets us over the mountain. Faith is what gets us to the summit. Faith is what takes us to the, to the heights that, that we never not knew we were capable of going. Faith is what takes us to the place of God's will. Faith is what gets us to, to, to the highest point of where God wants us to be in our purpose. Faith is the key for us stepping out and conquering any mountain in our way. So when, when, when Jesus said, if you just had faith as small as mustard seed, you know, right, when we're talking about mountain movers, you can move this mountain. Man, if you just have faith, you can climb that mountain. That mountain doesn't have to move. <laughs> that, that, those things, those barriers that's been in your way for years, it doesn't have to disappear for you to move on. If you just have that faith, you can climb it. If you have that faith, you can scale it. If you have that faith in God, you can conquer that mountain. It doesn't have to disappear. It doesn't have to just go away. It doesn't have to vanish. You can vanquish that mountain. That's what faith does for us. We can overcome anything in our way. And it doesn't have to disappear. It doesn't have to dis- dissipate in thin air. We can say, God, I have the faith to follow you. I have the faith to follow you up that mountain. I have the faith to get over that mountain. I have the faith to conquer anything in my way. And that's what faith does in our lives. Because it's not anything that we do, right? It's not anything that we have. It's the faith and and it's the God that we have the faith in. He's the one who enables us to conquer any mountain. And it says in that scripture, it said, God looked down at Abraham. He said, I know that you love me. (laughs) He, He looked at Abraham and said, I know that you love me, Abraham. Because you did not withheld your son, that your only son, from me. So he said, that's why I know you love me, Abraham. You want to know why we know God loves us? You want to know why? Because he didn't withheld his son from us. It said that he sent his only begotten son to us, to the world. It says that he sent his son, and even though he knew, but here's the thing. He, he, didn't, he didn't have this last second thing where, where somebody replaced Jesus. No, Jesus did the whole thing. That's how much God loves us. But think about how much God, how much Abraham loved God. Think about how much God loves you. Abraham was able to escape at last. God went all the way. God finished it. That's why Jesus was the last and perfect sacrifice. Because Jesus is the one who can, who's the author right there and the finisher, right? He's the one. That's how much God loves us. That he sent his only begotten son. He sent the, the only son and he went down 100% man, 100% God in, in, in your place of sin. And that's how much he loves us. Come on, who's thankful how much God loves us right now? Because I think we just see the, if we just begin to think about, man, God loves us. If there was something that I was realizing in the store when I got to that point, I said, man, God loves us so much. Man, God loves us so much. Man, he, he sent his only begotten son, and he didn't, at the last second, didn't get swapped. No, all the way. And he watched. And Jesus took that place of sin, and now he can love us because he sees his son. Almost done climbing this mountain. It's in verse 13. He said, Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Come on, somebody. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use the name as a proverb on this mountain, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. See, Abraham didn't name that mountain, you know, money is great, right? Abraham didn't get to that mountain and said, well, thank God for my talents. And Abraham didn't get to that mountain and said, thankfully, thank God for the government. No, he got to that mountain and he named it 
Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Yireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord is the one who's going to meet all of our needs. The Lord is the one who's going to provide on us for the up the mountains, at the bottom of the mountain, wherever we go, wherever we be, the Lord will provide. Come on, I'm closing. If you want to stand to your feet. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. This is the thought I want us to, to leave with tonight. Is that we have to understand about God's provision. It doesn't matter the mountain we go up. It doesn't matter where we're going. God always provides. I just want to say wherever God guides, this is what I want to close with. Wherever God guides, he always provides. He always provides. This is what we got to catch. It's not about us understanding how. It, it, it's not about us figuring out how to climb the mountain, when and where. All we have to know is, say, is God leading me right now? If this is God leading me right now, I don't even have to think about nothing else. All we have to ask ourselves, hey, am I being obedient right now? Am I following after what God wants in my life? Because I know something. I know that, I know that we have Jehovah Jireh. That we know that the Lord provides. So if I'm following after God right now, I don't have to worry about nothing. I, I, don't, I don't have to worry how this is going to end or how it's all going to work together. Because I'm following after God right now. God's my God. When you realize that all you have to ask yourself, man, is, is this God leading me up this mountain? Is this God taking me to this place? Is this God I'm following after? Because if this is God, man, I'm going to be obedient. And if this is God, you better believe I'm going to trust it. If this is God, I'm going to have the faith to climb this mountain. Because wherever God guides, he provides. He's never going to take me to a place and be impoverished and take me to a place and be in lack. He's always going to take me to the place and, and, have, and be provided. I'm not saying that everywhere we go is going to be golden walls and diamond flow floors. No, but I'm saying you're going to be provided for. What I'm saying is if you follow God, he's going to take care of you. If you follow God and you trust him and you follow, and you follow him up every step of the way, and, and even when things confuse, get confusing and you still follow him, let me tell you something, God is going to provide. I don't know where we find ourselves tonight. I don't know what mountain's in front of you. I, I don't know what, what you're trying to figure out, how you're going to get over, or, or I don't know if you're, if, you're, if you're just waiting and praying for God to make it disappear, to move that mountain. I don't know where you are at tonight, but I want to tell you something. God will provide. I want to tell you something. If you follow after him, if you follow him no matter what, if you say, God, I don't know where, by God, I'm following. If you do that, man, you're going you're gonna to find yourself with peace. You're going to find yourself with purpose. You're, you're going to find yourself lined up with everything that God wants you to do because you know wherever I'm going, God, wherever I'm going, I'm just going to make sure, it, I'm make sure it's you. I just want to make sure that I'm following after you. I just want to make sure, God, I'm in your will. And if I'm following after you, God, there's no barrier that can stop me. Doesn't matter how big that mountain is. Doesn't matter how many debt got stacked up, or doesn't matter how much for unforgiveness is in your way, or how much pride is holding you. That doesn't matter. When God is your guide, He will provide. When God is the one you're following after, when God is the one that that you're seeking, that you're trusting, that you're loving, that that that, that you're meant to have the faithful, that you're believing in. If God is that one, you won't have to worry about it. God will provide. What else want to do? I just want us to. With every head bowed and eyes closed, and we might sing a song, so we'll see where the Holy Spirit takes us. But I want us to think about the mountains in front of us. I want us to think about the, the obstacles in front of us. I want us to think about the, the things that we've been avoiding. I want us to think about the mountains we've been avoiding, the, the, the unforgiveness that we've been avoiding, that, that addiction that we've been avoiding, that, that thing that we know that's holding us back that we've been avoiding because we think that it's just going to disappear, but God's waiting for us to climb it. I want you to think about those things, the, the things that God wants us to overcome, the things that God wants us to lead us through. Think about it and say, God, be my God. Father, I'm going to follow after you. No matter what, Jesus, wherever I'm at, God, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to follow you up that mountain. I'm going to follow you down the valley. I'm going to follow wherever you take me, God. I'm going to follow after you because I'm not concerned about following my feelings or following people or following the, the society. What I, got, I just want to follow you. And when you're my God, when you're my guide, God, you will provide. You will be the one who makes a way or there seems to be no way. Man, I just think about Abraham going up that mountain, being confused, being uncertain. But he said, you know what, I'm going up this mountain because God is my guide right now. I'm going up this mountain because this is where God is leading me right now. 
I'm going up this mountain because God told me to. And that alone, that trust, that faith, that belief, that obedience, that allowed him to get to the place where God said, wow, I see how much you love me. That's what it all boils down to. Man, when you love God, you trust him no matter what. You obey him no matter what. You have faith no matter what. When you love God, you understand really how much God loves you. You say, God, I can't help when I see how much you love me. God, I have to love you more. I have to follow you more. I have to trust you more, God, because you loving me allows me to live. You loving me allows me to experience peace and, and purpose and prosperity. God, your love for me inspires me to love you even more, God, to follow after you. So let's pray tonight with every head bowed. Let's just, let's just pray that God inspires faith and belief in our hearts. You can just draw a circle around yourself right now. Wherever you're at, it doesn't matter. You can just draw a circle in this right now. This moment can be between you and God, nobody else. And you can just think about, think about those things that he wants you to overcome. Think about those things that, that God wants you to get through, to get past. Think about the addiction. Think about the depression that you've been avoiding. Think about things that, God, I need you. And just follow after him. Think, and that faith will begin to dwell up. Father, right now, I thank you for faith being dwelled up inside of us, God. Thank you right now, Father, that we're going to have the obedience to follow you after up that mountain, God. That we're going to trust you no matter what. And that it doesn't matter if the trials come. It doesn't matter if things look bad, Father. We're going to have trust in you to go up that mountain. To go up that mountain that's been holding us back. To go up that mountain that's been a barrier. Go up that mountain that we thought that mountain was our limit. We thought that mountain was our end. But God wants us to take us up that mountain. God wants us to climb that mountain with faith, God. God wants us to climb that mountain out of trust for him, out of love for him, and he's going to see us, and we're going to get to the top of that mountain, have new perspective, and say, wow, God can do anything. I just got to trust him. God can do all things. I just got to love him. God can change me from the inside out. I just have to obey and be of obedience. That's all I need. I don't have to settle for being at, at the bottom of the mountain. I don't have to settle for being in the same place, the same person. You don't have to leave this place as the same person you walked in as. You don't have to settle for those things. You have to trust God. God, take me up this spout. I'm going to follow after you. Father, inspire faith in this place. God, stir up the Holy Spirit right now, Jesus, that, that we begin to understand that we have that perspective of who you are, God, that we're going to follow after your Holy Spirit no matter what, and that we're not going to let fear keep us at the floor no longer. We're not going to let fear keep us at the bottom of the mountain no longer. We're not going to let uncertainty, God, hold us down no longer, Father, because we want you. We need more of you, Father, to experience your promises. we got to climb. To experience your peace, we got to get a grip and start going up these mountains that we've been avoided. Start going up these mountains that have been holding us down, Father, to get more of you, Father. we got to go up. we got to get more of you, Jesus. We love you, Father, so much. Stir up this place, Father. Stir up this place, Father. Stir up this place. That let faith begin to rise, Father, on the inside of us. That we're not going to settle for anything less than your best, God. That now we're not going to stay at the bottom. We're not going to settle for less. But, Father, we're going to follow you up these mountains. We're going to let you be our God. Because we love you so much, Jesus. We love you so much. Come on, if you love Jesus, the man, just begin to lift up your hands right now. If you love Jesus, if you feel him in this room, if you feel the Holy Spirit beginning to uplift your faith, man, just begin to sing out to him right now. I want us to sing a song. This even is for one minute to however long. But God just wants worship right now. <laughs> Abraham said, let me go up this mountain to worship. God just wants worship right now. Let's begin to worship him and let faith rise up on the inside of us. Come on, let's sing. Come on, with every hand lifted, let's begin to think about him.
even before the promise, even before the provision, to give him, give him praise, even before you get to that top one, give Jesus praise. Can't you feel his presence in this place tonight? Come on, can't you feel love in this place tonight? Come on, before we leave, let's just let it settle on us. Before we leave, let's make sure that we don't move on before we let God do a move on us. Let's not get away from this moment and miss out on the movement that he wants to do on the inside of us. God, we love you so much, Jesus. We trust you no matter what. We follow you up the mountain. We'll follow you everywhere, Jesus. We just want you. We just want you. If you're in this place tonight, you're saying, Caleb, I hear everything you said, but I want to make sure I've taken that first step. I want to make sure that my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. I want to make sure that, that man, that, that I'm, I'm going to, to be in that Lamb Book of Life, that I'm going to be with Jesus. Now is your moment. Now is your moment. Church family, let's do this together with every head bowed and eyes closed. You can repeat after me. Say, Father, I need you. I need your saving. I need your son. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. That he defeated death, hell, and the grave. I confess Jesus, Lord, over my life. Lord over my mind, and Lord over everything. In the name of Jesus, come on, in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, come on, amen. Give, let's give sight of Jesus tonight. He showed up tonight. He was here tonight. He showed out with his spirit tonight. Father, we love you so much. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.